Father, we pray that you would minister to us even as we hear from the subject, from your word. That you would set our hearts free. That you would set our mind free and help us to live in absolute freedom. Thank you for what you're about to do this evening. Thank you that you're about to set our hearts free, O oh Lord. We thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Welcome to church. Thank you for coming this evening. We're going to touch on a subject today that's quite sensitive. A subject that... Um, the reality is a lot of people struggle with it. And as we look at the Bible, it has so many solutions to offer to help us live in freedom. Because the world and its ways are enslaving. You know, it, it puts you into situations that you should not be. It uh, traps you into addictions that you should not be struggling with. So there's always a battle. A battle in our mind, battle in our uh, bodies. We, we're always struggling with something. As we look at this subject and as we look at God's word, God's word gives us solutions. So we're going to look at all of that and study this evening. Amen. So, you know, I believe this is an important topic to talk about. Uh, this is the first time I'm speaking on this topic. It's an important topic to talk about because if the church doesn't speak, then the world will speak. And the world's advices are always cheap. <laughs> It's, it's always second-rated compared to what the Bible has to say. You know, the world will say, it's okay to struggle with it. You know, as a man, you struggle. As a human being, you struggle with it. The truth is, it is not okay. And as we look at the scripture, it gives us a lot of insight on how to handle uh, these situations. So, this evening, I want to tackle this issue of sexual purity or sexual immorality or sexual sins from scripture and also I want to speak from my own personal experience. Now before I start let me share my own personal testimony of how God helped me overcome sexual sins. Uh, one of my major problem was this and I've shared many times in the church. One of my major problem was that I was addicted to pornography. And if most of you know me I work for long hours in the computer and what I work today is, is very less. I used to work a lot more. And I, you know, I wanted to become a software engineer and that was my goal, but it changed and finally I'm in ministry. So back in those times, you know, I used to explore the internet. I knew where the good stuff was available. I knew where the bad stuff was available. And, you know, being uh, closely working with technology opened up uh, addictions in my life that I started struggling with. And I got deeper and deeper into it. And, and literally what happened is this. I, I became like a dead body. You know, I was just walking. I was talking. And people would see me. they say, oh, he's such a happy person. He's got, all, he's got a smile on his face always. But deep inside, I was di dying because of what I was struggling with. The habit that uh, was keeping me bound. So by the time, around 2011, in the end of July, God started changing my life. By the time it came to August, I gave my life to the Lord and said, Lord, my life is yours. You lead me, you guide me, and I'm going to give it into your hands. And so God started changing my life, changing my life. Little by little, you know, the sin, the sexual sin started leaving me. But it didn't leave immediately. It took about, say, six months' time. And by the time, in December 2011, the last week of December, I still remember this, and December comes... Last year I didn't think of it, but the previous years I was so grateful. 
December 2011 was the last time I ever visited those websites. December 2011. I look at 2018, you know, we just completed December. Seven years. God has kept me safe, away from it. Back in those times, you know, I was staying with my family. I was around people. And then I moved to Mangalore. I was alone. And by God's grace, I can tell you, not even one day have I visited those websites. And I've done those things that God is not pleased with. And I can tell you there is solution. There is protection. There is remedy for all these things because it is not okay to struggle with it. We can overcome these things. And so I can tell you this by, as, as from my own life that God empowered me by his grace to live a life that is pure and holy. You know, whenever I think of sexual sins or anything that is evil, I'm reminded of this verse from Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 13. It, this talks about the nature of God. Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 13. Okay, the first sentence, now we can talk more about that verse later, but this first sentence says, your eyes are too pure to look on evil. In a sense, God is so holy that sin has no room in his presence. The Bible says his eyes are too pure to look on evil. You know, when I used to remind, remind myself of this verse, I think of myself, if there is any impurity in me, if there is any evil sin in me, then it's something that God will not tolerate. But we look at what Jesus has done because of that, we have his grace, we have his mercy. And because of that, we have received salvation. God will still forgive us. But we should never continue in that lifestyle. Never continue in that lifestyle. You know, when I have conversation with my friends and with my peers, um, they tell me, oh, this is a struggle for me. I'm struggling with it. But I think it's okay. You know, as men, we struggle. It's, it's, no, we shouldn't be struggling because these things destroy our life more than we could ever imagine. So I'm going to talk more about this. I'm going to offer an eight-point solution on how you can deal with sexual sins. Now, what are the sexual sins? Let me just go through a list of them, and then I'm going to talk about solutions on how to overcome sexual sins. Amen? So, a list of them. First is pornography, masturbation, premarital sex, you know, casual sex, one-night stands, or anything that damages your sexual purity, homosexuality, and bestiality. Bestiality is becoming really common now. Uh, I don't know if you read the news. In UP, somebody raped a goat. Like, what is wrong? You, you think of the world, it's going in a direction that is so ungodly. So ungodly, you know, like rape a goat and it dies. What does the animal know? God will call everything to account. And these are things that God doesn't like and things that God is displeased with. Because when you look at the Bible, the Bible takes the issue of sexual immorality or sexual sins very, very seriously. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, I'm going to set this verse as a base and then I'm going to talk about it more. So 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. Can we read that verse? Yes. Okay, what is, what is Paul saying there to this church at Corinth? Flee from sexual immorality. Because all of the sins a person commits. Murder, 
theft. You know, think of the evil that you know of. Think of the sins. All of the sins are committed outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Now, if you read the next verse, you'll get, you'll understand this even better. Why is Paul putting an emphasis on the body? Verse 19. Okay, what is Paul saying here? Do you not know that your body is the temple of who? Temple of the Holy Spirit. The moment we come to the Lord and we give our life to Him, receive salvation, who lives in our heart? Who lives in this body? It's the Holy Spirit. And if we were to do a com- or if we were to commit a sexual sin, we're committing against this body, this body where the Holy Spirit lives. So you see the seriousness of this issue. Everything that a person does, all of the sins are outside the body, but this one is against the body itself. Now, why is it against serious? Let's continue to read on. Uh, read that verse. Yes. Okay, what does the Bible say? You are not your own. That means your bodies do not belong to you. Who does it belong to? Belongs to Jesus because you were bought at a price. Now you see how valuable the body is. See, when Paul is writing, he's writing in a context, uh, in the Greek culture. According to the Greek culture, uh, body doesn't matter. All that matters is your spirit. So they would say, it is okay for me to do something Sexual sin, sexual immorality, because the body is not a big deal. It's, it's, not, it's not a great thing. It, it doesn't even matter if what I do with the body, because it, body is just an, uh, a mortal thing. It's going to die, but spirit is what is immortal. So they believe that the body is, you can do whatever you want with the body. But when Paul talks from a Christian perspective, he's saying your bodies are important because you were bought with a price. Now when you commit a sexual sin, you're doing it against your own body. So there's a seriousness, seriousness to it. So as Bible-believing Christians, we understand these issues and uh, we, have to, we have to take these issues very seriously. So most of us understand it, but we still struggle with it. And maybe for some of you, it's become an addiction. And we may not even believe in it and might just think, oh, it's just a normal thing. It's okay to struggle with it. The truth is there are solutions to this problem. And I can tell you this confidently because God has helped me stay away from it for many years now. And if God has helped me, and he can help you as well. Amen. So how can we overcome? How can we overcome sexual sins? I'm going to talk from my own life the way God helped me overcome and also some practical insight from scripture. First, Consistent prayer and meditation. Consistent prayer and meditation on God's word. This is one important thing that will help you stay away from falling into any sort of temptation or any sort of sins. This is one area. This, is, this was something that I personally did a lot. I used to make sure I read the Bible, meditate and write about it and then go to work. 
And the more emphasis I placed on scripture, it was easier for me to combat all these temptations that would come in my way. If you look at Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, Jesus tells this to the disciples. Sorry, 30. There's a, um, I think it's Matthew chapter 26. There's a verse that Jesus says, watch and pray so that you may not fall into temptations. Can, can somebody tell me which verse that is? Matthew chapter 26, I believe. Jesus says, watch and pray that you may not fall into temptation. The first way to combat these sins. 41, okay, sorry. Matthew 26, verse 41. Jesus says to his disciples, watch and pray so that you may not fall into temptation. The way to combat sexual sins is to first have a consistent prayer life. You have to decide on a prayer time and just follow it consistently. No matter how busy you are, how busy you get, just read and meditate on God's word. When you meditate on God's word, it will really help you kickstart your day and it will help you live a pure and a holy life. So consistent prayer and meditation. Now, this is a very basic thing that we all know. Yes, we, as Christians we know we have to pray. But the truth is, we, when, we, when we do it consistently every single day, it becomes much more easier to handle sexual sins. Okay, so first is that consistent prayer and meditation. The second is this, this is a practical thing, memorize lots of scripture. We shouldn't stop with just praying and meditating. We also should get into the habit of memorizing scripture. Very important. Why do I say that? Memorizing scripture is important because when you are stuck in a situation, when you're stuck between should I do it or not do it, the verse that you memorized will come back to your memory and it will instruct you. The Holy Spirit does that work. He'll bring those verses back to your mind and say, this is the way you should go. That's what the psalmist says, the word is a lamp unto my path. It's like your word guides me. So the more we memorize scripture, it will remind us that don't fall into these sins. Don't do these things. Because there are times in our life where we'll be stuck between, do I really do this? I feel like I should do it. I'm really tempted. I feel like I have to do this right now. Or should I stay pure? And when you're stuck between those situations, the Holy Spirit will remind you of the verses that you've memorized. Bring it to your memory and it will help you make the right choice. Okay, so let me give you some references. You can quickly write this down. Uh, we don't have to read all of them. Let's write down these scriptures. Matthew chapter 5 verse 8. It says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And Matthew chapter 5 verse 28 It says, but I tell you, anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And then 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3 to 5. It is God's will that you should be sanctified and you should avoid sexual immorality. And in verse 4 he says, that each one of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. What is Paul saying here? You have to control your own body. So next, Romans chapter 8, verse 6. 
eight verse six. You can go go to, go back to your rooms, uh, look at those verses, and just memorize them. Mark them down and memorize them. Romans eight six, and then Habakkuk one uh, thirteen. And finally, Romans chapter 6, verse 12. So there are many verses on this subject, how to overcome sexual sins. You can look them up on the internet. You can just do a Google search. You'll find a lot of verses. But these are just a few that you can remind yourself whenever you are tempted in any way. The third one is this. The third one is, the third way to overcome sexual temptation is do not allow sin to reign in your body. There was this one verse that they used to come to my mind whenever I'm tempted. Romans chapter 6, verse 12. Can somebody read that verse? Romans 6, 12. Let me read it for you. Therefore do not, lens, therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey to its evil desires. Do not lens, let sin reign in your mortal body. In other words, Paul is saying, do not let, let sins of you know, extreme anger, unforgiveness, hatred, any evil behavior, do not let it reign in your body so that you will obey to its evil desires. In other words, if you let sin of any kind, let's say it's, if, if it's not sexual sin, but of any kind, okay. So let's go to the fourth point. Fourth point is this, discipline your body. Discipline your body. The way to overcome sexual sin is first to discipline your body. Now first let's talk about the eyes. Under discipline your body, let's talk about the eyes. Now Jesus said if anybody looks, right? Jesus said anybody looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery in her heart. Job chapter 31 verse 1 says like this. Can somebody read that verse? Job 31 1. Yes. What is Job saying here? I've made a covenant with my eyes, with what I see, to not look lustfully at a young woman. He's made what? A covenant. In other words, he's put boundaries for the way he's going to look at people. That's disciplining your body. Disciplining your eyes to a point where if somebody too attractive walks by me, if my mind is going to run wild, I'm not going to look at it. Practically, this is what I do. You see, when I, when I share my testimony, that God has set me free from all those things, I've never fallen into that again. But temptation is real. It hits me every now and then. But the thing is, how do we combat it? So when I see somebody attractive, beautiful, very pretty, walking past me, the thing is, the moment I see it, I immediately turn my face away. Because I don't want to give another second for the second thought to come into my mind. Because if I allow even one second, it's enough 
for it to captivate my heart because um, the mind is so powerful. You look at something so beautiful, it will register in your mind instantly and it will take a while for you to get over those thoughts. So we have to make a covenant, discipline ourselves to such a way that we are careful to see the things that are around us. So discipline your body. Job says, I made a covenant with my eyes to not look lustfully at a young woman. The second part of our body that we have to discipline is our mind. We have to discipline our mind. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8, Paul says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, think. If, if there is anything excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, Paul is telling the church, if there is something positive, something admirable, praiseworthy, trustworthy, lovely, pure, whatever is right, invest your mind on those things. Not on all these other garbage. So in other words, we have to set our mind a boundary where we tell ourselves that I will only think about godly things. I will only think about what is right. I will only feed my mind with lovely things, with good things. I'll think about the positive things. Because the moment you step the line and think about negative things, it is very easy for you to fall into a temptation. Very easy for you to fall. So we have to discipline our mind to a point where we're saying, I only think about God, His ways, purity, holiness, loveliness, anything that is excellent, I'll just think about those things. I'll think about those things. You know, in the month of December, uh, I was struggling with a bit of an anger issue. I was struggling with something and I was praying, you know, I was praying, saying, Lord, help me become normal. Help me be, you know, more normal because I'm getting angry beyond a point. And, and by the time January came, I was still struggling with it a little bit. And then God started reminding me, saying, this is a discipline issue. Whatever you set your mind on is what is going to come out of you. If you're going to set your mind on thinking about what that person did to you, how they treated you, how they, uh, you know, mistreated you like this, did that to you, spoke about you. If you're going to spend your mind on those things, what comes out of you is going to be anger, rage. You're going to be angry and upset about everything. So Paul says, have a boundary for your mind. Anything that is good, right, trustworthy, think about such things. So discipline your body, discipline your mind. And under the same thing, the next important thing is take extra precautions when you are tired. Take extra precautions when you are tired. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 27. Paul says like this, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the price. It's a very practical thing here. Now let me say from a pastor's perspective. Whenever I preach, okay, like I'm doing this session right now, for me it is mentally exhausting, spiritually very exhausting, physically also. Because though it's like, you know, I'm standing and speaking, not running around or doing anything, these are things that will exhaust your energy. 
And so usually after a service, I can eat one full grilled chicken or just four pieces, big pieces of chicken without any trouble. But on a normal day, when I don't preach, I cannot finish even four pieces. It'll be a struggle. But when I'm preaching, after I preach and get off stage, I want food. And my family knows this and she arranges some good food for me all the time. Because, you know, we are exhausted. We are exhausted. And Paul says like this, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. In other words, when I've done something for the Lord, when I've served Him, when I've worked hard, when I come back home, when I'm tired, I still discipline my body. I don't think to myself, oh, let me relax. Let me watch some YouTube videos. Let me watch some Facebook videos. I don't think to myself that way because the moment I open up to everything, when my body is weak, my security levels are down, there is an easy way for temptations to creep in. Easy way for temptations to creep in. So we have to really be careful because, you know, when we are tired, when we are not in our full uh, energy, full senses, then we may say something to somebody that may not be appropriate. We have to be really careful in how we deal with these things. So, we have to discipline our body, take extra precautions when you are tired. And also, if you are in a place or with a person where you feel tempted, immediately walk out of the place. Don't have second thoughts, don't try to be nice, don't try to be kind and all that. It's better to protect yourself than to be kind and a nice person. Trust me. It's better to protect yourself, keep yourself safe, be in the hands of the Lord than to be really nice. Because we like to be nice people. We like people to talk about us. I tell you, that is all secondary compared to your own protection. Invest in yourself. Protect your body. Discipline your body, your eyes and your mind. Take extra precautions. Because the enemy is so tricky that he'll bring people to you that might make you fall. They will say a word that will be so, you know, that will draw you into things that you shouldn't be doing. You have to be very aware. The moment you sense there is something different happening in that place, immediately leave. Don't wait. Don't think the second time. Just leave. Immediately leave that place. I will talk more about, um, about this subject from a spiritual warfare perspective in the coming week, uh, coming month. But uh, let me give you a small picture of this. There are something called as territorial spirits that occupy certain places. If you, I've, I've personally experienced some of this. Whenever I walk through some dingy place, okay, when I'm traveling through a place where it's, it's, it's booze and crowded and people are drinking and enjoying life, the moment I step into that place, what happens is there's a burst of sexual thoughts. It's just all of a sudden, like out of the blue, my mind changes, I start thinking weird. I'm like, what is happening? You've got to understand there are places where... Um, the moment you step in, you'll start thinking in a very different manner that you shouldn't think. Like this one time I went to Andhra, I was there for my friend's wedding. All of a sudden I felt like smoking. Like I've never touched a cigarette in my life. All of a sudden there's like a thought, I should smoke, I should try this. I'm like, what is happening to me? And then I realized, this is a spirit in that locality. And I prayed specifically and I tell you within two minutes everything changed. Just a short prayer can change situations around you. So I'll talk more about this subject from a spiritual warfare perspective in the coming months. So do come for that. Okay, so the fourth point was 
Fourth verse, discipline your body. And next, the fifth one is discipline the use of smart devices or any device that's connected to the internet. You have to discipline the use of smart devices. Now, with the era of smartphones, tablet com tablets and computers with really high-speed internet that you can get for a very low price, almost anyone can access content from the internet that is motivating and also very destructive. Motivating and also very destructive. Now, we have to learn the discipline of you excuse me, of using these devices at the time when we need it. And we should know when to stop using these devices because this is what happens. If you look at Facebook, Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime, how many of you know? Yeah, uh, Apple Music, um, what are the other platforms? YouTube, any of these major, major, Instagram also, any of these major, um, media networks like Instagram, Facebook, um, YouTube, Netflix, Amazon Prime. Now, if you dig, dig through all of them, if you're going to spend, say, more than 20 minutes of just watching videos, I don't know how many of you remember Facebook. Back in the day, they were just about friends. So, Karan is my friend, Jocelyn is my friend. I will see what Karan is doing. I will see what Jocelyn is doing. I'll see what all of you are doing, okay, if you are my friends. But today, it has changed. Facebook wants to become the first number one video platform. That is why they're pushing in so much of video content. So if you, if you go to Facebook, it's like another YouTube. So what happens is, this is what happens. You spend time for about 15 to 20 minutes, okay, just looking to the content, and one slightly sexual content will appear. Somewhere, just one content will appear. Now, the way Facebook works is that there's a, called a video autoplay. Like when you're scrolling, when you stop on a video, it'll play, start playing automatically. And if you watch for three seconds, that means they considered it as you watched that video. Even if you just see for the first three seconds, it's like the video has got one more view. And what happens is that video will have a small content that is slightly sexually explicit. And what will happen is Facebook will take it as that you watched it. And you scroll down after five videos, it'll send you another video. Okay? It'll send you another video. So over time, what happens, it starts feeding you with content that is sexually explicit. Why is it that way? Facebook has their own algorithms where uh, they, they, they give you content based on what you see. So for example, I, I watch Steve Harvey. I don't know how many of you know. He's, he's a TV host. Uh, a great guy, I like the way he presents and all of that. So I watch Steve Harvey on Facebook. So when, if you open my Facebook feed, you'll see Steve Harvey, Steve Harvey, Steve Harvey. Why? Because I watch his content. Facebook feeds me based on what I see. The same thing if you, you know, it'll feed you one content somewhere or the other. When that comes up, you watch it for three seconds, skip it, you'll be fed with things more and more and more. That's how our world works today. So we have to really have a control on how we use these devices. How we use these devices. The, the other thing you can do is whenever you watch any such, say if any inappropriate content comes up, on the right side, on the top corner, you'll have these three buttons. You click on that, it'll say, do not show again. Select that and say, okay, this is an inappropriate content, this is what it contains, and report it. 
you do that over time you do that for a couple of weeks and after that you will see very very less of that it will slowly fade away so you can also do that so in other words what you're doing is that you're putting boundaries i'm not saying facebook is evil as one of my cousin sisters who was from a a very orthodox pentecostal church where they are taught uh, facebook is evil facebook is evil no facebook account nothing just uh, <laughs> Let's not go there. You know, Facebook is not evil. It is important. It's a good platform. We can do a lot of positive things with it, but there are also negative things. And they're they're grown to such an extent where they cannot control the content. They cannot control the content. Even if you were on Amazon Prime, I had a subscription for a couple of months. It's I tell you, it's so easy to find filthy content. So easy to find filthy content on Amazon Prime. and if you want to watch any family oriented tv shows you have to dig through for at least 5 minutes to find something family oriented so the world has become like that so we really have to discipline ourselves on how we use these services and how we use our devices because if you look at the statistics this is what it says 35% of all the internet downloads of all the internet downloads in the world are related to porn can you imagine 35% of all the internet in the world all the downloads that are happening every day is filthy is filthy and it's a global industry estimated to be worth 97 billion dollars 97 billion dollars they're making huge profits at the cost of our own personal life. So, we have to be really careful on how we use our devices and what we watch with it. Another practical thing is avoid using your phone in places where other people cannot see. Use it in a way that everybody can see. And also, you know, use your phone with with a goal that if my friend asks me to see my phone, I should take it from my pocket and give it immediately. I shouldn't be putting passwords for every app and, you know, drawing <laughs> So avoid all that. We should we should keep our life transparent. We should tell my we should tell ourselves, okay, my life is going to be transparent. If my friend wants to use my phone for a day, I'm going to pull it out of my pocket and give it straight away. I don't have to delete anything. Keep yourself open. Keep yourself open in such a way that anybody can see what you have, and they won't find anything. Even your computer, even your devices. Everybody should know your passwords in your family. Like my wife knows all my passwords, and I'm okay with it because I know there is nothing in my computer or in my phone or anywhere that is explicit. Keep yourself open that way that is a good way to deal with it. In other words, live your life with boundaries. Live your life with boundaries. I tell you, that's the best way to experience freedom. Best way to experience freedom. Sometimes you think of freedom as life without boundaries. Life without boundaries is dangerous. very dangerous you have to live life with boundaries discipline your eyes your mind the way you use technology and the way you handle things that are in your care you just have to use it and have boundaries for anything everything amen so that was the fifth one discipline the use of smart devices so what are the five points that we looked at yeah and second yes third one okay your eyes 
your mind and take extra precautions when you're tired and yeah walk out of place that is that you feel is not right fifth one is discipline the use of smart devices we have three more points we're going to look at that uh the sixth point is this avoid using sexual sins as an outlet to express your frustration avoid using sexual sins as an outlet to express your stress or your frustration there are people who indulge in sexual activities as for the sake of using it as a stress buster it's the worst you can ever do because you're playing with your own body in a way that it's going to hurt you there are some who express uh use it to express their frustration after the relationship has failed it's like oh this relationship failed i'm going to watch this i'm going to get get drunk i'm going to do this i'm going to do all these inappropriate things just imagine most of your doctors if somebody meets with an accident uh, a little a small part of the flesh is scraped off okay now as a doctor what would you do put give them treatment but what if they say let the wound be there i'm just going to drink and not do anything about it i'm just going to drink and watch everything that's there i'm just going to forget my misery with that now as doctors you you tell me what's going to happen to the wound infected and then next okay spread like you know it's it's going to get worse there are so many people who are wounded internally they don't treat the wound but they do other things to forget that they are wounded now anybody with a common sense will know that the wound has to be treated when we use sexual sins as an outlet to express our frustration because a relationship failed that failed this failed in my life then it is going to damage us even more it's going to cause us hurt that we may not be even able to recover for a long time sometimes you know uh, pornography is used as an outlet to de-stress and even distract from the pain but the truth about pornography is this it destroys marriage it destroys marriage when people indulge in that thinking okay i'm just going to forget my pain watch something de-stress myself and then live life what actually happens is when you watch pornography it destroys marriage as a married man i have a child now excuse me the bread and omelet <laughs> is working in my body <laughs> now as as a married man i can tell you out of experience that what is shown in these pornography videos and what happens in reality is not the same it's very different it's like way different than what is portrayed So what is portrayed in pornographic uh, videos and movies is a false idea of what sex is all about. Now sex is something that God gave it's holy, it is pure, it is something that God gave mankind and it is supposed to be in the boundaries of marriage but when it's done outside the marriage it becomes displeasing to the Lord. One of the greatest things that I look back and realize is that I'm so grateful to God that god took me out of that habit years ago because if i had continued 
if i had continued you know what would have happened i would have had a very different expectation enter into a marriage and think oh there is nothing there are many people who live unfulfilled lives like that they live like i don't know i'm just feeling empty i'm feeling dry there's nothing like it in marriage i thought there's something it's going to be this and that pornography creates a false view of what it is but the reality is that it's very different the the reality is this it's beautiful it's amazing and it's christ centered and the love that builds with your wife with your spouse is so amazing that words cannot describe it's such a beautiful thing but the world shows us a skewed perspective of that it destroys marriage so uh, th- the important thing is this you have to understand see what you practice when you are single what you practice when you are single is what you will practice after you are married also if you don't get rid of these habits when you are single it will be difficult to get rid of it when you get married you're going to carry those same practices into marriage see we shouldn't think that okay once i get married my life will become all right no prepare yourself for marriage be a man who is honoring god honoring your spouse you know be a woman that that's that's that that has a you know that lives a christ centered life have all those qualities then enter inside marriage it will be beautiful but if you're going to carry all these issues with you and step into marriage i'm telling you there's going to be fight there's going to be fight in fact uh, there's a statistics that say many people who have extramarital affairs have confessed are most likely to be addicted to pornography and this is what the statistics say let me read it according to a study in social science quarterly people who had extramarital affairs were 300% more likely to admit consuming porn than those that never had an affair so in other words watching all these things having these habits is eventually going to give you an unfulfilled life and then it will lead to another affair and destroy your family life completely this is a study that was done in 2004 that says they are 300% more likely to have consumed sexual content see sexual sins give you a pleasure that lasts for 5 minutes 20 minutes half an hour or maybe one hour but it takes your life away in the process it takes your peace away it it makes you even more wounded but if you ask god to heal you he'll heal and restore your life the important thing is to pray and seek counsel you have to pray to the lord saying god help me overcome this and then we have to seek counsel seek counsel the trend that is growing today that i'm uh, noticing quite often is that people don't want to be counseled they say i'm i'm okay everything is fine with me i can look at their face and say no nothing is fine with them they're struggling but on on the outside they want to present themselves as if they have got everything together if you and i don't seek counsel if you and i don't seek guidance i tell you we'll be struggling with something that we cannot express it to people the bible says the book of proverbs says victory is found in many advices that you receive but many counsel and and advice comes victory your own personal victory your own personal way to overcome these things is to open up to somebody to a mentor or to your pastor or somebody and say listen i'm struggling with this help me help me the more we open up uh, there's an easy way to 
overcome this. Seek guidance. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We have to surround ourselves with people who will bring a positive change in our life. We have to surround ourselves with people. We shouldn't, we shouldn't surround ourselves with blunt people. Sometimes the, our life is the way it is because we are with people who are struggling with the same thing. Now a blind will lead another blind into the ditch. Both of them are going to fall somewhere. But find somebody who is, who is, who is able to control that, who is able to overcome that. Sit with them, talk with them and say, this is what I'm struggling with. I want to be more accountable. I don't want to do this. Now you prepare yourself that way. You prepare yourself, each one of you prepare yourself that way at this age. And one day when you get into marriage, I tell you, you will have the most beautiful marriage. Because you will experience sex the way God has intended it to be. There's somebody who said like this, in every love, there is 2% of sex. And in every sex, there's only 2% of love. In other words, if there is true love, sex is just a small portion of it. And if the relationship is all about sex, there's only 2% of love. Eventually, that'll destroy you. So, surround yourself with people. You know, bring, keep yourself in a company where they are godly, holy, where they also want to live a righteous life. Surround yourself with such people. If you find yourself with people who are into struggling with all those things, help them. But don't stay in their company and don't receive their counsel. Help them. I'm not saying don't help them. But don't stay in their company and you also struggle with it. Don't do that. Keep yourself safe, morally pure, and morally righteous. Okay? Two more points. Seventh point is this. Stop saying it's okay. Stop saying it is okay. Everybody struggles with it. Stop doing that. Don't ignore. Deal with it right away. Right now, it is the good time to deal with these issues. Deal with sexual sins when you're younger in age because as you grow old, as you grow older and older, it becomes even more difficult to deal with. The older you grow, the more difficult you deal with. So uh, you form habits at this age of disciplining yourself. As you grow older, you'll be even more disciplined. And sometimes we ignore saying, not today, tomorrow, or maybe someday I will become righteous. That someday will never come. Fix yourself right now today. Set yourself free from these addictions. So stop saying it's okay. Stop saying that statement. Everybody struggles with it so you can also go through it. No. It's a it's, it's useless statement. It's a statement that will really cause you to fall into it even more. Even more. Okay. So never say not today or tomorrow. Deal with it as soon as possible. The eighth point is this, the final point of dealing with sexual sins is love God and draw closer to Him. The eighth point is love God and draw closer to Him every day. You have to build a lifestyle of prayer and worship. To build a lifestyle of prayer and worship. See, whenever you're not talking to anybody, say you're walking, you're going to a class or you're riding home or you're driving somewhere whenever you're not in a conversation with somebody get into a habit where you're praying where you're singing songs of worship where you're doing things that are godly 
because the more you cultivate praying the more you make prayer prayer I wonder how many shutters there <laughs> okay the, the more you cultivate a lifestyle of prayer the more you cultivate this habit of praying about every praying in every situation like say when you're walking you meet your friend you have a two minute conversation after the conversation uh, conversation start praying start praying even as you walk to your classroom start praying when you're sitting there don't pray when your lecturer is te- lecturer is teaching <laughs> that'll be inappropriate <laughs> listen pay attention but when when you're not doing anything just pray build a lifestyle of prayer because the more you pray what you're doing is you're allowing god to work in your life because prayer does not change god you know just because we fast and pray god is not going to you know change the position of his throne and align ourselves no prayer aligns me to god so more i pray i become closer to god i'm like thinking the way he thinks following his will being passionate about him doing those things so pray at all times even if you're walking just cultivate the habit of prayer now you may say oh it doesn't come to me sometimes i don't even feel like praying your feelings and all take it pack it up really well throw it in the garbage i tell you when when prayer and worship comes never entertain your feelings in that because prayer is not about how you feel now worship is not about how you feel now you have to worship at all times what does the psalmist say he says i will extol the lord at all times and his praise will continually be in my mouth i will extol the lord at what times at the morning time after no at all times in other words worship is my lifestyle prayer is my lifestyle so the more i keep that as my lifestyle it will be really hard for the devil to come and tempt me even if he tempts me he cannot overcome because greater is in me than he that is in the world god will help you overcome temptations see when you're more aligned to his path the when you're more on his path you can hear him better you can remember scriptures better you can walk in his ways even better so make prayer and worship as your lifestyle keep yourself filled with so much of scripture that sin will not have a place in your body i believe it was um, smith wigglesworth or charles spurgeon who said consume the scripture so much no consume the scripture to a point where the scripture will consume you yes consume scripture so much to a point where the scripture consumes you that's a lifestyle we have to live we have to keep ourselves saturated with so much of scripture that word of god will give us insight help us overcome any situation so build a lifestyle of prayer and worship and then love god if you want to stay away from sexual sins sexual immorality fall in love with god more and more every day because you will not hurt the person whom you truly love yes you will not hurt some if if you love somebody so dearly you will always do things that please them always that will delight them always things that will surprise them you know you make them feel good you'll show so much of love and you have to think of your relationship with god that way you have to invest your mind your heart and your strength and your soul into loving god what is the greatest commandment in the bible what is the greatest commandment love the lord see all the law is fulfilled in this one command it's easy for you to keep god's word if you love him because when you love god when you're tempted when you want to do these things you'll think oh my if i do this god is going to be displeased with it 
and i love him so much that i don't want to displease him when augustine of hippo when the when a city was seized uh captured by a different army um they said the army said okay leave the city we'll let you go he said no i'm not going to go i'm going to die in this city a city called hippo and he stands on the roof the building is burning they set fire on that building they're burning it down he stands on the roof of that building and sorry no no he actually they tell him leave the city go away and he he doesn't want to he refuses so his his uh, niece comes and tells him uncle why don't you come with us because there was a boat that was arranged to take agustin agustin was a big man and he said like this what a good statement what a good time to forget the statement <laughs> He says how he said how many times have i betrayed my lord and not even once has he betrayed me and if god has called me to this city has put me here i'm going to stay true to that i'll die in this very city i'm not going to leave this place and run away so you think of this man obviously he had some obviously he had some theology which is out of place but but you look at the life of this man there's something to admire about he stayed loyal to god no matter what situation came he died in the place where god had placed him he said god has called me to a place i won't betray him i won't run away from this place i rather stay here and give my life because god has never betrayed me though i've betrayed him so many times and now i'm not going to do that anymore i'm just going to live a life that's committed to him until my death see we have to we have to love god to a point so much that even the thought of that sin should cause a disgust in us should be like oh my i, I don't even want to think of it because my god is going to be displeased with that we have to develop that attitude in our hearts and the more we do that it'll be easier to overcome sexual sins and that's been one of the steps that i personally got through all these years whenever any temptation strikes my mind i know it does not please god and let me stay away from it and i and i do my best i run away from it and i tell you god has kept me safe to this day to this day love god with all your heart and remember the christian life is all about living in god's ways habakkuk 1:13 your eyes are too pure to look on evil love god do what he is pleased with and when we know what he is pleased with we also know what he is displeased with things like sin evil wrong doing sin against the body god doesn't like it and what we have to do is just say no run away from that situation just like joseph ran away from potiphar's past wife he had an open opportunity to enjoy the pleasure he ran away he ran away because he was a righteous man Job says I've made a covenant to not lustfully look at a young woman. I made a covenant with my eyes. So we have to have this discipline, a strong prayer life, disciplining the use of devices and the resource that we have. We have to if we are wounded, we have to treat ourselves in the right way and we have to stop saying it's okay. Stop saying everybody struggles with it. It's okay. No, deal with it right now then and there and God will help you. finally love god and draw closer to him
I want to close with my testimony. The way my life transformed was this. I still remember one evening I was watching some filthy content. And as I was watching, I was sitting on a chair and uh, something started rising up my leg. It's a very weird feeling. It's like something is crawling on your leg. And I, I couldn't bear it to a point that something was like holding my feet. And uh, I immediately closed it and I was like started praying. And I heard this voice that said, give your life to the Lord today or you may not survive. Because I had gotten so much into that. So much into that, it came to a point where it was life or death. See, these are things that you cannot play with. You really cannot play with. You really cannot play with. God wants to set you free. He wants to set us free in a way that we will live in freedom. But the more we are enslaved to sin, it will start eating us little by little, little by little, little by little. And I can tell you this honestly as a testimony. If I did not give my life to the Lord that day, if I had not given my life to the Lord that day, I would not be alive today. I really would not have been alive today. So if there is something that is a sexual sin, falls in, under this category that you're struggling with, it's not normal. Something you've got to fix. It's like a cancer. It'll eat you from the inside. Literally destroy your life. Work on it today. Just go back to your room. Write down the things you're struggling with and ask God to help you and He will help you. Remember Romans where Paul says, do not let sin reign in your body. Otherwise, you may obey to its desires. Just do not let it. Just, just kill it then and there. Kill those habits. Stop it. Because what you practice when you're single is what you're going to practice when you're married. And if you don't deal with it when you're single, when you're married, you'll start fighting with your spouse. Because you have fantasies, not realities in your mind. You have unfulfilled expectation that leads to a lot of divorce, a lot of extramarital affairs. If we learn to keep ourselves pure, you'll have a beautiful, beautiful married life. Amen? So I'm going to end this here. Um, just open up time for questions. We can discuss, you can ask me questions um, and I'll prayerfully answer that quest those questions with you.